Welcome back to The Trade. I'm Gina Beck. This is Drew Williams. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all. It really means a lot, especially the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, thank you guys. And like I always say, thank you for the continued support. I love seeing all the names all the time. I love seeing hashtag banana cats. Cracks me up. So how are you? I'm good. I'm, you know, surviving another day of the the coronavirus. So. Right. (laughs) Quarantine. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. There's like hardly anybody out on the road and stuff like that. With us living where we live, we're still able to do these podcasts because we just use these online services. And it sucks for other podcasts that don't have that. But maybe they're going to be doing it just before this. That'd be cool to see. I mean, it's really not a bad way to get around, get contact. Yeah. I mean, not <laughs> not uh, infecting your, your co-host and things like that. But... We got yeah. some dark topics today to talk about. Um, we do. We'll just two get of into them. The, yeah, two of them. We'll just talk about what it is. It's we're talking about serial rapists, and I wanted to talk, start off with talking about uh, Robert Bruce. Robert Bruce was later found out to be the ether rapist. Um, I forget how many victims he had. But his wife was basically the reason why he ended up getting turned in. He was uh, caught being a peeping Tom, and his wife basically connected all the dates from the other rapes and when he lived there. And what he would do was he would use a a rag soaked in chloroform, and they, they thought it was ether at the time, and knock these women out, and he would videotape a lot of these crimes on top of it. And if you yeah, wish... um, no, no, keep going. I'm sorry. I just wanted uh, you said you weren't sure how many he did. Yeah, he had conve- confessed to uh, a dozen sex crimes a dozen? in that Norman area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what he confessed to. Yeah, it's really creepy. If you listen to some of his uh, his interviews with the FBI, he straight up. I mean. He takes no accountability for what he did. He's, he, he says along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, all these things could have been prevented if the parents would have taught, taught these girls simple things like lock their bedroom door. It's a shame they yeah. sent them out in the world like this. Just total sociopath. But he also did this to his own wife. He would drug her and video and tape. And she found, like in a horror movie, she found the tape and realized the monster he was probably then really he had children and he apparently he's described always as wearing a very normal mask he apparently was a good father wasn't a very good husband but it goes to show you that most of these crazy people don't look like your stereotypical rapist or pedophile they never do right oh majority of the ones that i have you know saw even just like uh, from what other people have caught and stuff like that, it's usually even like the ones that wear suit and tie, like those, you know, they just never look like someone that you would think would want to hurt a woman or a child, but they definitely 
like have the goal to. But also, if he was targeting um, single women, college mostly. girls, college girls, mm-hmm. almost specifically. Mm-hmm. And he would also break or unscrew the porch light so they wouldn't see him. And he also, he like, eventually his DNA was entered into a national database where investigators learned that he had also been convicted of a window peeping charge in Colorado. Yeah. One of the articles I read, that's actually how they got to her DNA, his DNA joy. Her name was joy Lynn Martinez. Uh, Joy noticed that the timeline of sexual crimes tied with the movements of her husband, the rapes in Albuquerque had started when Bruce Mm -hmm. had moved to the area and ended when he had left. She knew he was in Austin, Texas for work on the night of the rape that occurred in 2006. And mm. the rapes basically went spread across Oklahoma, New Mexico, Texas, Colorado. And it was her bringing this attention to the police. They were able to get a warrant to get his DNA. So altogether, he was sentenced to... 64 years. Many? 64 years 64? plus a following 333 years. So he's, wow. he's in prison for life. It was on five counts of first degree rape. Yes. Ten counts of first degree burglary. Yes. Three counts of sexual battery and one count of forcible sodomy for the attacks in Norman. That is so scary. Uh, yeah, and if you if you guys look him up, I mean, he's he's, gotta... he's 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 really normal looking. Like, and that's the scariest thing about it. I mean, if, um, we'll link another documentary too, uh, with with Joy, and she talks about living with this man, and he really really went to great lengths to like hide this other side of him and he looks like yeah he look he looks like someone that'd be like your typical uncle you know he just looks to me like he looks like my kind of like my uncle but a little chubbier <laughs> like just a typical dad that's the scary thing too he totally could be anybody's neighbor i mean that's really what he looks like yeah and we all is that all for robert i mean it's not i mean that's all we could cover right now people could dig into him more his his acts are horrendous. I mean, we could spend an hour talking about each one, but he's a serial rapist. Yeah, the documentary is definitely worth watching, and we'll link it in the description for sure. But we also want to talk about Peter, Peter Norris Dupas. Uh, he, it, I just, I didn't want to say the last name wrong, so I had to look up how to say it, but it's Dupas. There's also a very good documentary on him as well, which we'll link below. But he is an Australian serial killer currently serving three life sentences without parole for murder and for being a serious habitual offender. He has a very significant criminal history involving serious sexual and violent offenses with his violent criminal history spanning more than three decades and with every release from prison has been known to commit further crimes. That's why I don't get that they just let them go. You know what I mean? They, they there's like a hundred percent re reconvi- or reoffense rate with these type of people. Yeah, and mo- all of his crimes are against women with increasing increasing levels of violence. His criminal signature is to remove the breasts of his vic- his female victims. Ugh. Yeah. Now, didn't he uh, mutilate most? Sounds like a scary a lot, movie. A lot of bodies. Didn't didn't he chop up most of his victims in some way? Well, as of two like. He's been convicted of three murders and is a prime suspect in at least three other murders committed in the vicinity of the Melbourne area during the 1980s and 1990s. That was just then. But 
July 25th, 1974, he was sentenced to nine years imprisonment with a minimum period of five years for an attack on a married woman in her own home. Dupas broke into the victim's house and threatened her with a knife before tying her up with cord and raping her. He threatened to harm her baby when she resisted his attack. The sentencing judge described the offense as one of the worst rapes that could be imagined. That's intense. Um, but also, in 1979, approximately two months after his release from prison, he should have never been released, again molested women in four separate attacks over a 10-day period. On February 28, 1980, Dupas received a five-year minimum prison sentence for three charges of assault with intent to rape, malicious wounding, assault with intent to rob, and indecent assault. A 1980 report on Dupas stated, There is little that can be said in Dupas's favor. He remains an extremely disturbed, immature, and dangerous man. His release on parole was a mistake. Now, now they say it was, you know, he should have never been released in the first place. Well, it's amazing that he was able to commit that many, those, those early crimes and only basically got a slap on the wrist. But if you get caught with cannabis in anywhere in that country, you're going to jail for way longer. But he was released again from prison. <laughs> February. Yeah. February. Sorry. It's funny, but like, come on, these people. February, February 1985, approximately one month later. After his release, he raped a 21-year-old woman on a beach. After alighting from his car, Dupas followed the woman and attacked her, holding her to the ground at knife point before raping her. He later told police, I'm sorry for what happened. Everyone was telling me I'm okay now. I never thought it was going to happen again. I only wanted to live a normal life. So he's sick, like really sick. No, he's... What's I mean, the that's, point? I'm that's hardwired sexuality. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't just erase that. I mean, that's like, um, like trying, June... oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, it's, it's like praying the gay away. It's just like, it's not, you're not going, you can't, if someone who mm-hmm. gets off on that, you're not, you can't fix that. I don't know how you would. No, it's, uh, I don't know anything that would help, you know, locking them up won't help and then releasing them won't help castration. There's I always don't... that. Yeah. But I mean, castration just takes away some of the drive i mean a lot of those guys end up using just objects and other things that's scary that like there's just not something that can that can help but on june 20 that's why they should just be locked up and not let out like if if there's nothing that can make them not have that urge or act on it i guess a lot of people can't control themselves in his case, he can't, obviously. But on June 28, 1985, Dubas was sentenced to 12 years imprisonment for the rape that he did on the woman that I just said, holding her to the ground at knife point. But he was released in 1992 after serving seven years of his sentence. They just keep, for all, like, what it, I just, what? I mean, Let's, how sad for every single one of those victims to know that mm-hmm. this guy had already... I mean, I can understand, not that understand, but the first time release, okay, fine. But you reoffend a second time? Like, how is it even, I don't understand Australian constitution or their justice over there. So maybe it's something I should read into. Maybe they've yeah. got really lax laws. on. Well, obviously it sounds like it. They've got very lax laws on sexual violence. Yeah. 
less than two years after his release from prison, Dupas was arrested on charges of false imprisonment over an incident at Lake Epilock in January 1994, wearing a hood and armed with a knife, insulation tape, and handcuffs. Dupas was followed by a woman who was picnicking and held her at knife point in a toilet block, but was chased off by her friends. As he was leaving the scene, he crashed his car and was apprehended on August 18, 1994. After entering a guilty plea to one count of false imprisonment in the county court, Dupas was sentenced to three years and nine months imprisonment with a minimum period of two years and nine months. In September 1996, Dupas was again released from prison and moved into a house in Melbourne, Melbourne suburb. Um, he murdered Nicole Pat- Patterson. Nicole Amanda Patterson was a 28-year-old psychotherapist and a youth counselor employed with a youth foundation, an organization formed to assist young drug users. Uh, she had desired to operate her own private practice and was using her Northcote home as an office. She placed several classified ads in a local newspaper, and two neighbors reported hearing the screams of a young woman coming from Patterson's house between 9 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. on the day of her murder. Attempts by Patterson's boyfriend to contact her in the afternoon failed, raising suspicions. So he was the one that went into her house and held her at knife point. And... There was also Margaret Mayer. Uh, Her body was discovered under a cardboard box. That is so sad. After the guilty verdict, the family uh, was happy to hear that he got time that he got. So he just murdered Mercina Halvegas. There's just a whole list of women. So he just kept doing it and getting released and just doing it and getting released. Yeah. Helen McMahon, also, she was a 47-year-old woman, found beaten to death. It was thought Dupas was in prison at the time of McMahon's murder and was not released until two weeks later. However, investigators learned that Dupas was on pre-release leave from prison and living in the right area when McMahon was killed. McMahon was sunbathing topless on the beach when she was attacked. Her body was discovered naked and covered by her beach towel. The location of the murder of McMahon was nearby, to the location where Dupas had earlier raped a 21-year-old woman at a beach, for which he was convicted and served a term of imprisonment. Police believe McMahon may have been Dupas' first murder victim, although her murder officially remains unsolved. That's really sad. Yeah, that's crazy. And as of 2006, Dupas is serving his sentences between the Maximum Security Protection Unit of Port Phillip Correctional Center and... He has attempted suicide several times while in prison. Staff described him as a model prisoner while in custody and a monster whenever released. Hmm. Sounds accurate. So you shouldn't be released. I'm sorry to I laugh. Guess... People hearing me laugh. It's, I just can't do anything else but just laugh at the failed justice system sometimes. So here's a list of his convictions. Um, I guess July 25th, 1974. I think I said these, but I'm just going to go over them because it goes up to 2010. He was sentenced to nine years of imprisonment and then February 28th, 1980, committed two months after his release from prison, sentenced to five years. Then June 28th, 1985, committed four days after his release from prison, sentenced to 12 years of imprisonment. August 18th, 1994, sentenced to three years of imprisonment. August 22nd, 2000, 
Nicole Patterson sentenced to life imprisonment with no minimum period. Then August 16, 2004, for murder. Margaret Mayer sentenced to life imprisonment with no minimum period. August 9, 2007, murder. Sentenced to life imprisonment with no minimum period on 27th of August 2007. Conviction set aside after successful appeal by Dupas. And then the most recent, I guess, is November 19th, 2010 for murder from Christina. Sentenced to life imprisonment with no minimum period on November 2000, or November 26th, sorry. So, and he's still alive in prison. Well, he's, get, he's in there for life now, though, finally, right? After yes, giant list of release dates. Yes. Freaking Peter and Richard just look like the ordinary guys. That would be like your typical neighbor, like Drew was saying earlier. And they just have a huge criminal history of doing the same thing, but always getting let out. I just hope that we get more punishment for sexual predators. Hashtag more punishment for sexual predators, guys. Yeah, I want to see <laughs> that, actually. That's some real shit. We definitely need it. If you're listening this far, let's see that. But let's see here. We love y'all. Thank you for listening, commenting, liking, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, Banana Cats. Much love. Peace.